Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and Spider-Man 3, the follow-up to Far From Homecoming December 2021, just electrified nerds' teeth straight by confirming that Electro, Jamie Foxx's villain from the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014, is returning in this third film in the MCU, alongside Tom Holland, Peter Parker, with Zendaya MJ, Marissa Tomei Aunt May, Jacob Battle on Ned, and Tony Revolori, Flash Thompson coming back as well. Electro coming back was a move we saw coming less than Gwen Stacy he saw the ground. But here we are in an age where anything, anything is weirdly possible. These are confusing times. <laughs> I'm gonna explain why this is happening and what deeper implications this has on a possible live action Spider-Verse that is looking increasingly likely with Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and hell, even a Miles Morales in this increasingly insane crossover. Spoiler warning in case any of my predictions are right, but again, I don't think any of us could have predicted this shit. While Electro might not have been at the top of everyone's favorite list and the news is a bit shocking, oh, sorry. This is the latest move in a strategy years in the making by Sony to make its Spider-Verse increasingly intertwined with the MCU. We all remember J.K. Simmons returning as J. Jonah Jameson in the post credit scene as Spider-Man Far From Home. Here's the real blockbuster. Brace yourselves, you might want to sit out. And of course, Simmons memorably played Jameson in the Sam Raimi Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film. Crap, crap, mega crap. I'll give you 200 bucks for all of them. So, his return in the MCU was then the most brazen crossover yet by Sony from the Raimi-verse to the universe of the Avengers. A nice thick thwip in what we have described as an ever-expanding live-action Spider-Verse. Like the animated Spider-Verse and Into the Spider-Verse, but with flesh. Jacked flesh! <laughs> Actually, very recently, J.K. Simmons shed light on that cameo, explaining how he and that movie's producers had long conversations about how to differentiate this Jameson from the Jameson he played in the Raimi films. Simmons wanted it to be different, but the Sony team really wanted it to be the same Raimi-verse character. And Simmons laughed that the compromise was making him bald, clarifying, so J. Jonah Jameson either lost his hair in the last few years or he was wearing a hairpiece the whole time. I don't know, you pick. The hilarious truth to that being, J.K. Simmons wore a hairpiece as J. Jonah Jameson in those Raimi films. The man has been bald since his peanut M&M days. Uh, Santa? But hey, I totally get why J. Jonah Jameson would be so angry. It must be hard to be a big time newspaper man and have to deal with losing your hair. Jamie Foxx Electro has to deal with the receding hairline too. These guys could fight back against that male pattern baldness with Keeps. Thanks to Keeps for sponsoring this video. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they are 35 years old. With Keeps, it is easier and more affordable to get treatment for your hair loss to help you keep the hair that you have. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products out there, but at half the cost of your local pharmacy. And you don't have to go to a doctor's office. You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. You meet with the doctor online and they ship the treatment right to you every three months so that you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. So if you're noticing that you're losing your hair, you can do something about it. For a limited time, go to keeps.com slash newrockstars or click the link in the description to receive 50% off your first order. But Jameson wasn't the only cross Spider-Verse twist. Far From Home included an Easter egg on a wrestling poster listing Bonesaw McGraw, Macho Man Randy Savage's wrestler Toby Peter fought in the first Raimi film based on Crusher Hogan from the comics, but the name Bonesaw McGraw was original to that film, making that poster an inter-universal Similarly, Sony's doing some weird shit by casting Michael Keaton Vulture from the MCU Spider-Man Homecoming in the Sony-verse Morbius film.
film coming next year. A film that also features graffiti depicting Spider-Man with the word murderer, implying the scapegoating that was done for the character at the end of Far From Home. But this particular Spider-Man has the suit of the Raimi era Spider-Man, technically the one from the loading screen of the video games. And then there was a set photo for Morbius showing a print ad from the Daily Bugle asking, where is Spider-Man? But that Bugle logo isn't the MCU InfoWars design. It's the old print newspaper version from the Raimi films. And weirdest of all, all the way back in 2004, Sam Raimi included a Marvel joke with J. Jonah Jameson. Doctor Strange. That's pretty good, but it's taken which prophetically thwipped into the future in which 15 years later, Raimi would be hired to direct Doctor Strange 2 for Marvel. Now, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Electro was last seen using electrical grid columns to sound out nursery rhymes, but hey, the visuals looked pretty sick, right? Peter and Gwen ended up using the grid to overload Electro with electrical energy and his head clip blinked down to nothing. But you know, when you're made up of electrical energy, I'm sure you could just wake up in a dorm room power strip. It's science. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 ended by setting up a Sinister Six sequel in this universe with Harry Osborn Goblin, Vulture, Doc Ock, Rhino, Mysterio, and Kraven the Hunter. But that movie was scrapped when Sony struck a deal with Marvel to share the Spider-Man character in the MCU. But what I find interesting is with its MCU Spider-Man films, Sony has more or less clung to that original Sinister Six plan. Vulture was the primary villain of Spider-Man Homecoming, Mysterio in Far From Home, a separate Kraven the Hunter movie was just announced, and now Sony is pretending Electro never left our fuse boxes. So that brings us to the two major implications of this Electro news. With Kraven now confirmed as a character in a separate Spider-Man spinoff, as opposed to the primary Spider-Man 3 villain we thought he was going to be, this makes it almost certain that Spider-Man 3 will be a Sinister Six movie. And based on Sony's scheming, that Sinister Six lineup will include Michael Keaton, Adrian Toomes, Vulture, Jamie Foxx, Electro, and Jared Leto, Morbius, the Living Vampire. And then underneath those three, there are appear to be a bunch of wildcard options. Possibly Michael Mando, Matt Gargan, Scorpion, or Bokeem Woodbine, Herman Schultz, Shocker, was still active at the end of Homecoming. Some theories suggest Jake Gyllenhaal, Quentin Beck, Mysterio could still be alive after Far From Home. Of course, Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock, Venom, or Woody Harrelson, Cletus Cassidy, Carnage. But I am betting we will see a female Doc Ock, as we saw with Olivia Octavius in Into the Spider-Verse. Maybe also a new Norman Osborn or Harry Osborn goblin that could tie into that weird Flash subplot in Far From Home with his neglectful parents. Some of these new names could be introduced in Morbius or Venom Let There Be Carnage coming out next year, but Jamie Foxx Electro returning is going to require some explanation. Because even general audiences are going to be a bit thrown to see the villain who stand Andrew Garfield now zapping a completely different Peter Parker. I mean, J.K. Simmons coming back was one thing, but at least he didn't appear in the more recent Andrew Garfield films other than a couple angry emails. The only way Electro coming back makes sense is if we expand the live-action universe into the Spider-Verse. The vast web of life and destiny as it's known in the comics, an interdimensional crossroads that links Earth-616, where Peter Parker is Spider-Man, with Earth-1610, where Miles Morales has become Spider-Man after Peter's death. Also with Earth-65, where Gwen Stacy becomes Spider-Woman after Peter becomes a lizard. We saw all of this in the animated film, but Sony must be planning to contextualize this in the live-action world, either using the MCU Quantum Realm alternate timeline logic, or maybe the sparkle portals of Doctor Strange, or the reality resetting of 
Wanda in WandaVision, or maybe their own unique aesthetic specific to Spider-Man. Personally, I hope it's a sticky patch of webbing that tears open on random surfaces, kind of like those rifts to the upside down in Stranger Things, because interdimensional travel should not be clean and slick. It should require awkward, forceful shoving that ruins your clothes so that dumb kids like Peter Parker won't hop dimensions all the time. Oh, crap. And the best way to make Electro make sense would be to do what Into the Spider-Verse did. Go all out with this crossover. Cast Tobey Maguire, cast Andrew Garfield as alternate Spider-Men alongside Tom Holland in this story. And when they cross over into the MCU Earth-199999, Jamie Foxx, Electro, could spill in with that convergence as well. And the same could be said for whatever universe Morbius is in. Really, I think the ultimate bottom line with a live-action Spider-Verse is the potential introduction of a live-action Miles Morales and a live-action Gwen Stacy. We know Miles Morales exists in the MCU based off of that one line from his uncle Aaron. I don't want those weapons in this neighborhood. I got a nephew who live here. Yeah, sorry, Miles. I'm, I'm not gonna make it. Yeah, I'm just stuck. So it's also possible that Gwen Stacy exists somewhere around here. And I'm not talking about that extra with the Hot Topic skirt in Endgame. Look folks, we are gonna be talking about this a lot more going forward. You can discuss these theories with me in the meantime on New Rockstar's official Discord server by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash new rockstars. Subscribe to New Rockstars, hit that notification bell, follow me on Instagram at EAVOS, follow New Rockstars. Thank you for watching. And if you are an eel in the MCU, you better look out. Vengeance is coming. <laughs> I'm vengeance. going on guys welcome to everything always my name is michael roman now as fans still get over the news that jamie fox's electro is coming back to the mcu or should i say coming to the mcu for the first time from the amazing spider-man universe we got a ton of news today about spider-man 3 the returning of the cast jamie fox confirming his role and even this slight rumor that craven is still the villain in spider-man 3 as we suspected leading into that solo craven two-piece film that we reported on a month ago and the actor being rumored to play him well we're gonna get to that but apparently it's breathtaking we're gonna break down all the new news and rumors regarding spider-man 3 following this crazy announcement of jamie fox's electro's return but first if you could grab the subscribe button we're giving away two playstation 4 pros as well as a whole slew of other marvel related stuff including this insane one-fourth scale xm studios beta ray bill and our third and final infinity saga box set if you want to be entered to win all you have to do hit the subscribe button then hit the notification bell leave a like and a comment on this video and if you want stick around to the end of the video We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So yesterday, fans with a ton of questions asking what this really meant for Spider-Man 3. And today, we got a ton of updates making sure that fans knew that Spider-Man 3 would be retaining most of the original cast and the continuity, keeping in the narrative for the MCU. So the introduction of Electro means that his story is going to change slightly. Whatever they need from him to fit what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe already is what they're going to do with the character, not the other way around, to make sure that his continuity is still in play, but more importantly, to open the door to this inevitable live-action Spider-Verse movie that is rumored to be eyeing again Sam Raimi to helmet after he's done with the Multiverse of Madness, and it would make sense considering that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, as I pointed out yesterday, is set to finish this whole craziness. You'll have Loki and WandaVision 
leading into Spider-Man 3 in December of next year, and then the following summer in 2022, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness to come in and clean everything up, hopefully putting some order back to the multiverse. Now, it was the rumor that followed last night and early this morning that really had me scratching my head. Of course, we've all heard Keanu Reeves' name brought up several times tied to a ton of roles in the MCU and most recently directly to the casting of Moon Knight for the upcoming Disney Plus series. But late last night and early this morning, not only was the report that Kraven the Hunter is still the main antagonist and villain of the film, even though Elektra will be introduced, but rather they were eyeing Keanu Reeves for that role. Now, if you add that to the list of all of the other roles he's been rumored to play, everything from the Fantastic Four's Reed Richards, Adam Warlock, Wolverine, Silver Surfer, maybe even Doctor Doom, and the list goes on and on and on. But you will know that recently, as we reported here at the channel, confirmed by Sony and the writer on the film, that Sony is planning on producing and releasing a live-action Kraven film that will feature him against Spider-Man that may even function as a two-part series. And when you take a step back and think about that, Keanu Reeves, an actor of that ilk, may be the quality actor they're looking to helm something like that. And it's also been rumored that they were searching for a Joel Kinnaman type for the actor in Spider-Man 3. Now, whether or not that's Keanu Reeves, which would be interesting, I would think of Joel Kinnaman as a Keanu Reeves type, and then not even then, maybe it's just the facial hair. Either way, if that's who they're searching for, a lot of people have tied this to Craven, meaning that besides Keanu Reeves, and guys, seriously, I am so ready to put that to rest here at the channel and in the genre in general. If we're ever gonna get him in the MCU, we'll get him whenever him and Kevin Feige decide that's the role for him. I, I don't see him picking up Craven in the Sony-adjacent MCU, however this is going to go together, uh, but you never know. It, it may be the role that he wants. Either way, you don't need Keanu Reeves to do Craven, and Craven the Hunter may be headed into the film, even though Electro is going to sort of function as some sort of villain and entrance to the multiverse, it still may be the lead-in to Craven's last hunt, as we all suspected, and as we've reported at this channel based on some industry insider reports several times over the last couple of years. And the bigger question is where does this all lead? But we already know, and that's to the live action Spider-Verse that Sony has reportedly wanted to get into film for quite some time. And as reported pretty much since the original re-signing of their deal, right around this time last year, immediately from industry insider Mikey Sutton, who enumerated two separate ideas that have now both seemingly been proven, again, on both accounts. The first of which is that the long-term look for Disney and Sony was to keep Tom Holland's Peter Parker in the MCU for the foreseeable future, maybe even extra trilogies and movies, but there was in no way him bouncing back to Sony on a one-way ticket and leaving the MCU. The second of which is they wanted a full-on Spider-Verse, live-action Spider-Verse, much in the way the animated film tackled this, to bring back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and head that towards a live-action outing, and now it's seemingly inevitable. If you're bringing back a villain from Andrew Garfield's universe, that report that we reported on here at the channel just a couple of months ago go that Sony had actually already reached out to Andrew Garfield seemed like such a long shot at the time, but now when you add together all of this evidence, and of course the fact that Marvel is diving headfirst into the multiverse of madness in just a couple of months starting with WandaVision, giving everybody, the MCU, Sony, the perfect opportunity to work any characters in that they wanted and use this multiverse as the explainer to cross over into any other cinematic universes, and what seemed like such a long shot, such a crazy 
crazy report in the first place that Sony would ever bring back Tobey Maguire and especially Andrew Garfield's versions of the characters now seems like an inevitability considering the multiverse has opened up this opportunity for both movie studios and for someone like Sony who is still wondering how they would cross over Venom and Morbius that seems like such an easier job now compared to how they're going to explain Electro's showing up in the MCU and again they're going to alter his backstory to fit what's already happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe but they're going to have to explain why he was part of Andrew's universe in the first place and obviously the Spider-Verse is the explainer for all this. Guys let me know all your thoughts down below in the comments. A. Would you be up for a live action Spider-Man featuring all of the previous iterations Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire? Also what do you feel about the introduction of Kraven and if not Keanu Reeves please let's put that to rest who would you want to play the character i actually like the renderings of jason momoa and joel kinnaman both but i think it's a long shot considering their involvement with the dc universe and also considering that marvel and sony might want a fresh face to do this let me know all your thoughts down in the comments below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane 1 4th scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill, a no way an action figure, this thing's almost 3 feet tall, and an immaculately sculpted museum quality piece, and of course, our third and final Infinity Saga box set, which we'll be giving away at the end of the holiday season in December, regardless of the subscriber count. This is the third one we're going to be giving away here at the channel. If you want to be entered to win either of the PlayStations, the Beta Ray Bill, or this Infinity Saga box set, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to make sure that you keep up with the videos here at the channel. Then leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of the videos the same way we're doing here and if you've missed any previous winner announcements no worries all you have to do scroll back to the channel look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the videos title click on that video and scroll to the end my name is michael roman this is everything always guys thanks so much for checking out the channel and stick around we'll be posting again real real soon Hi everybody, I hope you're having a great day. In this video I'm going to be covering Mr. Immortal, who happens to be the member's pick of the month. He made his first appearance in West Coast Avengers Volume 2, issue number 46, that was released in July of 1989. His real name is Craig Hollis, and he's an American male who was born in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, standing 6 feet 2 inches tall, weighing 156 pounds also having blue eyes and blonde hair. Now, Mr. Immortal is the only known member of a human evolutionary stage past Homo sapiens sapiens and past Homo sapiens superior, known as Homo supreme, meaning that he's even beyond being classified as a mutant, despite sometimes claiming to be. This next stage in human development simply gives him the ability to have retroactive immortality, being able to near immediately resurrect and heal from any death that happens to him. No matter what way he goes, he will come back, period. This even includes being completely incinerated. This power also makes him not age, being permanently stuck in the physical prime of his life. Matter of fact, 
it's been stated that Mr. Immortal will comfortably live to see the end of the very universe itself. The only drawback to his ability to self-resurrect and heal is that if he does endure an injury that is not fatal, he'll just heal at a normal human rate, meaning that he can be put out of commission for a little while. So other than this very considerable ability to resurrect from the dead, dude is basically just a normal athletic man with a lot of heart. And the only so-called weakness that he has is that he tends to have fits of rage when he resurrects. And this is due to the extreme pain of the death and resurrection process. Now, living forever in this mortal world can have its drawbacks, which Mr. Immortal learned the hard way. Dealing with watching his loved ones pass on was something he had to learn to cope with early in his life. And during these early stages is when he developed a friendship with the cosmic entity known as Death Urge, who regularly appeared to him starting shortly after his birth. The young Craig would call Death Urge the Urge, who everyone just assumed to be an imaginary friend that happened to consistently put Craig in dangerous situations, like playing patty cake in the middle of heavy traffic. Craig lost his mother and father when he was young. Then later as a young man, he would lose his girlfriend and first love when she took her own life. Craig didn't want to go on, but after Death Urge refused to take him and multiple failed attempts to take his own life, he realized that he had the amazing superpower of immortality. This gave him new hope and he wanted to use his abilities for good. Although he would learn in his first superhero adventure to try to stop a bank robbery, that being shot and left for dead by the bad guys is not the best way to stop crime. This is when he decided to put out an ad to form a team. And with the founding members, Dinosaur, Big Bertha, Dorman, and Flatman, the Great Lakes Avengers would bust out on the scene, being a self-proclaimed branch of the Avengers. This is also when he would fall in love with his teammate, Dinosaur. Despite a lot of mockery and their considerable successes being mostly overlooked, the team insisted on staying together. Over the years, they would even take on new members, some of them being the well-known Squirrel Girl, Leather Boy, Monkey Joe, Tippy Toe, Grasshopper, and even Deadpool. This ragtag team that Mr. Immortal founded and led would even get the recognition of being the Great Lakes Initiative, the 50-state initiative's team for Wisconsin. One thing that Mr. Immortal's team can always count on is that he will readily sacrifice himself for them at any time and that it really doesn't matter because he'll be back in a few minutes. Now, for his powers and abilities and his influence on the Marvel Universe, for my 1 to 10 rating, I'll give Mr. Immortal a rating of 8, which is an unforgettable rating. I hope everyone enjoyed this video. I'll talk to you next time. Be sure to like, subscribe, and join the new sage. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now it was just over a month ago we reported on the very first leaked look at Ajax via a Marvel Legends figure that had initially shipped to coincide with the original release date for the Eternals which would have been just over 30 days 
from now on, although that wasn't much in the way of a first look considering we had already seen the official costuming at both San Diego Comic-Con 2019 in the video here and D23. What we hadn't gotten was an official first look on what's been reported to be the main antagonist and villain of the film, Crow, who was probably much in the need of a makeover if you know anything about his original design. Well, we finally got a first look via a photo that actually leaked out earlier in the month and has made its way around the internet in the last couple of days. We've got the photo here. We're going to break it down and a very first look at the official villain for the film Crow. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel related stuff, including this insane 1 4th scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and the third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video. And if you want, stick around at the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So first up, if you guys aren't familiar with Crow's original design from Marvel Comics, I've referred to him in earlier videos as a red rejected singer for the band Disturbed, and I think his look follows exactly as such. They were going to have to do something about this unless they were going to hook him up with the Bono glasses for the entirety of the film, and it looks as though that's exactly what they decided to do in a complete redesign. Now this leaked out just days ago, a look at the official villain Crow via a Marvel Legends figure. Some of these still somehow hitting stores even though they would have been pulled by Marvel's marketing team. And you can see here the only remnants of anything red is on the forehead. He's mostly black with a little bit of green and gold in the middle. It also looks by the artwork that he's surrounded with in the back of the box and also by the texture that's on his legs and the rest of this body that he's sort of wispy and or has extending tendrils, almost something like the Venom symbiote. No, this is not Venom, just sort of looks like that. And then at the bottom you can see the official label for Eternals. Guys, for the record, do people fake figures? Occasionally they do, but as with the Ajax figure, the amount of work and effort you would have to go through to be able to fake this product in the first place and then take a picture of it, well, that's just not worth it. It's not going to earn you anything and it's not going to make it that big a splash. However, you can see here clearly they have done a full rework for the look of this villain and that's not something new to marvel studios in the past they've tried to keep things as traditional as possible when it works but when it doesn't they'll sort of throw everything out and just use what they need and they've even conflated villains into one most notably ego was a bunch of villains mixed into his look to make up what became his on-screen persona when he wasn't obviously the entirety of the planet and here with a lot of these outdated styles we're going to start to see this from marvel studios more and more as they start to dive into some of the deeper and older comics especially stuff that was coming out in the 60s and 70s the styles and the designs are outdated which means a full redesign was definitely called for and it's going to work in the rest of the context for the film. Remember we've seen at least concept art wise a lot of the styling for the costumes you can clearly see here in this official marketing pic and it really wouldn't have made sense to keep him in his traditional 80s all red garb and glasses given the context of the rest of the costume. Guys let me know what you think about all of this especially this rework for the villain Crow. I would ask how hype you are for this but considering we both know it's going to be about a year out now from the original release date. I know a lot of us are feeling like we're never going to get another Marvel film. Guys, hold and suspend that feeling. I promise once WandaVision gets into full gear, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well, there's going to be a ton of stuff coming out. And when we finally get to the point where they are releasing things again, especially with Sony adding on now with Morbius and Venom, and of course, the release of the Batman as well. Guys, there's going to be a ton more than we can handle all at once, and it's going to be awesome. Let me know all your thoughts down below, and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff 
before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. Of course, we will switch over to the PlayStation 5 once we have them in hand, but who knows what will happen with all of the hoopla already with the pre-orders. So if you want to be entered to win, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and No Way in Action figure. This is an immaculately sculpted museum quality piece, and of course, our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We already gave away two here at the channel. This will be the third and final one given away during the holiday season in December, regardless of the subscriber count. If you want to be entered to win either of the PlayStations, the Beta Ray Bill, or this third and final Infinity Saga box set, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on to keep up with the channel. Leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos the same way we're doing here, and if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries, all you have to do is scroll back to the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on that video, and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman, this is everything always, guys. Thanks for checking out the channel, and stick around. We'll be posting again real real soon. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now we've been hearing about a ton of Marvel projects, but mostly only the ones that have already been announced and because of all of the delays to production, all of this new news coming out, well, it's all about projects we heard about last year. This time, we have brand new news regarding none other than Deadpool 3, and the report is that Marvel and Kevin Feige want Ryan Reynolds to sign the biggest contract of all time. We're going to break down exactly what this means, and of course, what it means for Deadpool 3, when we can finally expect to see that in the MCU. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel-related stuff, including this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around at the end of the video. We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So as revealed by an industry insider, but re-reported by the directbeta.com, that's who we're re-reporting this from, they go on to say that Marvel CCO Kevin Feige is interested in wanting to sign Deadpool star Ryan Reynolds to the biggest deal in MCU history, and by biggest, quote-unquote, it's presumed that Kevin Feige wants Reynolds to agree to be in more MCU projects than any other actor in the franchise has signed on to before and considering how many films someone like Robert Downey Jr. has been in that is an enormous number now of course Ryan Reynolds is an A-list actor the most A-list of A-list actors and the kind of money that's going to be attached to this kind of contract is also going to be astronomical so when they say the biggest it may not top say something like Robert Downey Jr.'s dollar amount from Avengers Endgame but this is still going to be the longest running contract and if you remember there was this rumored report that Deadpool might take up the Stan Lee cameos showing up here and there adding comic relief along the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe at least for this next installment or saga whatever they're going to call it if they're going to sign him on to what looks like the biggest number of films that adds a lot of fuel to this fire that he may indeed be taking up those cameos showing up in a ton of places now of course we haven't worked out exactly how this is going to go with his character showing up in the MCU but with the recent casting of Jamie Foxx's Electro and and then hearing that it would be Jamie Foxx and it would be Electro, the same actor and the same character 
just a different version of. And of course, with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness right around the corner to help tie all of this together, it looks as though Deadpool is going to be one of the easier characters for them to work into the MCU, and at first we thought it would be one of the most difficult. Also, it's extremely important to recognize this, Ryan Reynolds works on a ton of projects, and this is what we've talked about here at the channel before, how some of these huge name actors don't want to get involved with these kind of long-term projects and these sort of long-term signings because it really limits what they're able to do and when. But for a character like Deadpool in a Marvel Cinematic Universe, what this would mean for Ryan Reynolds' career, and of course, how big that character already is tied to him, I'm sure there's going to be no problem working out the details. And if a lot of these movies that make, quote-unquote, the biggest contract ever happen to be cameos and on green screen, then he can really film those from wherever he wants or literally get those done in a day flying in from what other projects he's working on. But most importantly, what this deal does is solidify the fact that we will be getting a Deadpool 3 or rather a Deadpool 1 considering what they're going to do with the character and that that will most likely show up in the beginnings of Marvel Phase 5. That's what we had sort of guessed all along and now with the delays of course the timetable is going to be different but if they're asking him to sign this enormous deal he's definitely getting his own movie or trilogy to boot. Guys let me know all your thoughts down below. How long have you been waiting for Ryan Reynolds Deadpool in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and are you like me? Do you think that there will be maybe just a tad bit of an issue with some of the serious and tones that the Marvel Cinematic Universe hits in its movies sometimes, having Deadpool's Ryan Reynolds show up with slapstick humor doesn't always feel like it would be the thing you want. A quick cameo, yes, but not always his character involved in the narrative. Let me know all your thoughts down below, and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. Of course, we will switch over to the PlayStation 5 once they're released, but in the meantime, PlayStation 4 it is. So, if you want to be entered to win, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set will be given away during the holiday season, regardless of subscriber count. We've already given away two here at the channel. We'll give away this third and final one during December. If you want to be entered to win any of the prizes, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification button with notifications turned on, leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of the videos, the same way we're doing here, and if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries, all you have to do is scroll back to the channel, look for the winner announcement and the sub count in the title, click on that video and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman, this is everything always, guys. Thanks so much for checking out the channel, and stick around, we'll be posting again real, real soon. For centuries, demons have roamed our world, trapping humans in a vicious cycle, possessing and feeding off their victims' energy until the body burns itself out. This cycle must be broken. But who has the power to break it? The Hellstorms may be our only hope. Mommy, dearest, 
you set something loose on this world. What was it? I think you know. No stone unturned. This family's unnatural behavior. I've never experienced anything like it. Welcome back, everyone. It's Charlie. This is going to be my new Marvel Ghost Rider trailer for the Hellstrom TV series. We'll break it down. There's obviously a whole bunch of Easter eggs here. I'll explain what's going on. If you're brand new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to get all the videos. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of WandaVision episodes coming later this year in the Mandalorian season two episodes. I'll be doing videos for all that stuff. I'll also start doing a Disney Plus giveaway in those videos once those episodes actually do start. But starting with the big stuff first, obviously, number five, the new Marvel Hellstrom series just released a Ghost Rider trailer with a couple of cool Easter eggs connecting to bigger supernatural Marvel crossover stuff. The chapter one title card in that is all about the demonic cycle. It talks all about demons walking on Earth for centuries, trapping victims, feeding off their energy through possession until the body burns itself out with graphics of a flaming skull in the trademark Ghost Rider chain with some cool sound effects. The demonic cycle that it speaks of is obviously a reference to a couple Ghost Rider things. One to the cycle of the Ghost Rider mantle being passed down with the spirit of vengeance possessing different hosts through human history. Janny Ketch, Robbie Reyes, the other versions. is also a clever reference to Ghost Rider's motorcycle, as in his cycle that he rides. The cycle of possession is something that the Hellstrom series trades heavily on in a much larger sense, with many demons running around possessing humans all over the place. But when it also talks about the body burning itself out, that's a reference to Ghost Rider's trademark flames when the spirit of vengeance manifests its power in a host. It's also a reference to demons draining the essence from humans, metaphorically burning through their life force before they jump to another host, like they're energy vampires. And obviously the flaming skull graphic that they use in the trailer is Ghost Rider's head, every version of Ghost Rider, and the chain that Ghost Rider used. Number four, the connection between Ghost Rider and Hellstrom is that they've teamed up a whole bunch in the comics, both being big supernatural Marvel characters. Usually it's Hellstrom appearing in Ghost Rider adventures, like he joined a version of the Midnight Suns during Marvel Zombies. They're actually doing a Marvel Zombies episode of the Avengers What If series on Disney Plus next year. This is the trailer footage of that. Some heroes will rise, others will fall. You may have heard an awesome voice narrate that piece, The Watcher, played in this series by the amazing Jeffrey Wright. The Watcher is a being, a non-earthly being, who observes all things. He's watching over the multiverse. We'll see where we take it. We could take it anywhere. Zombie Captain America versus the Winter Soldier. It looks like he's wearing a version of his costume from Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, which means that the Marvel Zombies episode might actually be an Avengers Endgame or an Infinity War episode. The way that Kevin Feige explained that is that the Marvel What If series is doing episodes for each of the MCU movies. So the first episode will be released next summer. Season one's only 10 episodes. They haven't released the complete list of which episodes they're doing in season one. We know some of them, but episode one will be What If Captain America, the first Avenger. 
No zombies as far as I know in that one. That's just what if Steve Rogers became a version of Iron Man instead of Captain America in the 1940s with a hardcore tank version of the suit built by Howard Stark. And what if Peggy Carter gets the super soldier serum to become Captain Britain because she's a member of the British forces. So see what they did there. Everybody always wondering if they'd ever do Captain Britain in the MCU. This is the first version of that character. They'll probably do a more modern version at some point. They actually did reference Captain Britain when Captain America went back and almost got caught by Peggy Carter when they were trying to return the stone in the 1970s. She mentions an Agent Braddock. That is Captain Britain in the comics. But it seems like the Marvel Zombies episode will be the Avengers turning into zombies during one of the big Avengers movies, either Infinity War or Endgame. So it'll be cool to see what event causes the zombies. Either they turn into zombies or zombies invade from the multiverse, which is actually closer to the plot of the original Marvel Zombies comic book, where you have zombies traveling the multiverse, eating other universes. I'll talk more about that crazy stuff when we get more footage of it next year. It's going to be a while before we get more trailers for What If. Number three, Ghost Rider, the actual MCU character, was originally going to get his own TV show on Hulu that would have crossed over with Hellstrom and a couple other supernatural shows in a big Netflix Marvel-style team-up event called Adventure Into Fear. That was meant to be a reference to the original Marvel comic book series called Adventure Into Fear, which is sort of a catch-all horror supernatural sci-fi book that Marvel published a long time ago. The Ghost Rider TV show got canceled right before they started to film episodes. They were almost ready to go. It was going to be Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They weren't really clear if they were going to incorporate all the storylines from his seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It sounded like they were going to retune the character just a little bit for his series, but they did a version of his origin on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They ended his run on the show right before Avengers Infinity War happened and he started talking about this big interdimensional war that the spirit of vengeance had involved him in that went far beyond the pale of anything that Coulson or the other agents could comprehend. Like you all think this stuff is bad, you have no idea what kind of wars raging across the multiverse right now between supernatural forces. Everyone kind of assumed that they would pay that off during a next Doctor Strange movie like Doctor Strange 2, but they never really took it farther than that on the TV show, aside from Coulson himself getting to be a host to the Spirit of Vengeance. Coulson Ghost Rider was actually a pretty cool twist on the character. Number two, I think what happened though is that Kevin Feige took control of all the Marvel TV shows development and started bringing all of their TV shows for the most part to Disney Plus instead of giving them away to other platforms like Netflix or broadcast TV like ABC. He probably just decided they wanted to keep the Ghost Rider character in his pocket for future potential crossovers with people like Moon Knight, the new Blade reboot movie, or any other darker horror-based stuff that they do during Marvel Phase 4 and Marvel Phase 5. I think it's going to be Marvel Phase 5 before we see the Blade movie, and that would be the place where you would put a version of Ghost Rider. So when Ghost Rider does come back in the MCU, it probably won't be the Robbie Reyes version from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It'll probably be a totally new actor playing a different version of the character. But the Hellstrom TV show will still be referencing all that Ghost Rider supernatural adventure into fear crossover stuff that they were originally trying to set up. All the big changes that they made to those shows, the Hulu shows that they wound up canceling and the Netflix shows, didn't really happen till after they had filmed Hellstrom. So we'll see how much stuff they include in that. It's only going to be one season, so it's more like a limited series. Marvel is still doing the animated Howard the Duck series, though, from Kevin Smith on Hulu, and the MODOK series that's going to be Patton Oswalt doing the voice of MODOK. New York Comic Con is coming up, but I don't think they're going to have trailers for those series till sometime next year, right before they release them. But number one, bringing back around to Doctor Strange 2, I know there have been all kinds of rumors about Ghost Rider Easter eggs in Doctor Strange 2 and crazy cameos from the multiverse like Tom Cruise Iron Man. I don't know if the Iron Man stuff is true. That's just a rumor right now. 
But the connection between Doctor Strange and Hellstrom is that they also teamed up a lot in the comics in the MCU. Kevin Feige said that they were using the Doctor Strange movies as the path to set up Blade, vampires, the darker supernatural characters of the MCU. I don't know if that means we're going to also see Moon Knight eventually cross over with Doctor Strange because it sounds like we might actually be getting the Moon Knight episodes around the time that Doctor Strange 2 hits theaters in 2022. They've been making a bunch of casting announcements for the Marvel Disney Plus series recently. We just found out who Miss Marvel is. She's a brand new actress you probably never heard of before, but we just found out about Tatiana Maslany, She-Hulk, a couple weeks ago. They'll announce who's going to be playing Moon Knight real soon and the other characters that are going to show up on the Hawkeye series. But Hawkeye will come before Moon Knight. It sounds like Moon Knight will be one of the last series to premiere. The other big show, though, that's going to be crossing over with Doctor Strange 2 is WandaVision. We'll be getting new WandaVision episodes later this year, sometime by December at least, if not a little bit sooner. Of course, I'll be doing episode in Easter egg videos for all that stuff, so as long as you have alerts enabled for my channel, you'll see all that stuff. While you wait for everything, click here for that new Avengers WandaVision trailer in Easter eggs, and click here for that brand new Mandalorian Season 2 trailer in Star Wars Easter eggs. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. This is the way.